For anyone wondering what is coming up for the nomination hearings of Judge Amy Coney Barrett for the Supreme Court, this show is going to be of great interest. We're going to be speaking with Mary Ellen Bork, the wife of the late Judge Robert Bork, who was nominated in 1987 to the Supreme Court by President Ronald Reagan. His nomination hearings were so brutal that his name now appears in English dictionaries. To bork someone means to, according to Merriam-Webster, to attack or defeat someone unfairly through an organized campaign of harsh public criticism or vilification. You're going to want to stay tuned for this interview with Mary Ellen Bork. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Mrs. Bork, thank you for joining us on this episode of the John Henry Reston Show. Delighted to be here. Can we start off, if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, uh, Bob and I were married uh, for 30 years, and it was a very, very happy marriage. Before that, uh, I entered a religious order in the 60s, and then, of course, if you're old enough to remember the 60s and the 70s, a lot of things changed in the culture and in the church and in religious life. And after 15 years, I decided to leave the order. And I took a long time making that decision, but it turned out, I think, to be what God wanted. And I stayed in Washington, uh, worked there for two years before I met Judge Bork. And his first wife had died in 1990 after a nine-year, 1980 after a nine-year battle with cancer. But uh, it was an extraordinary experience to uh, share life with someone so brilliant, and uh, uh, he he did a great deal of good. Wow! And what what is your faith like, faith life like now? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, I think. During this whole quarantine experience we've all lived through, uh, I've actually found it to be a very contemplative experience hmm. uh, because you're not out and about the way you normally are. And there's been time to do some very serious reading and praying. And our church has adoration every day. Oh. So uh, we're very blessed with that. So I, um, I find uh, uh, with all that's going on in the culture, we need to go deeper. Absolutely, absolutely. And can you tell us a little bit about uh, your husband's faith life and what, you know, maybe what his faith meant in his own personal life? Well, uh, he was not a Catholic when we met, and he had grown up in a household where he didn't have a lot of formation. And I think he met some very strange Catholics early in his life, so he didn't have the highest opinion of some Catholics. Mm -hmm. So I thought after we were married, maybe in a year or so, he would come into the church. Well, it took much longer, but he met lots of Catholics and read a lot and finally came into the church in 2003. And he was a very happy Catholic. Hmm. He really he really loved uh, what he had learned about the church. Right. In fact, looking back, I think that may be one of the reasons why we met. Hmm. Beautiful. One one of the things that we're I know we're going to get asked right away uh, because we have a lot of Orthodox Catholics who follow the show. Uh, you were a religious sister, then you got married. How did that work, and was that proper, or how did that go? Um, 
Well, I prayed about these decisions and uh, I took, as I said, a long time to make the decision to leave the order. Mm -hmm. But as one of my old professors from Manhattanville said to me one day, he said, it wasn't so much that you left the order, it was that the order left you. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a great deal of truth to that. Um, so I, and I feel actually guided from that into uh, the experience of, of meeting Judge Bork and, and then finally marrying him. Absolutely. You're a great uh, support to him as well. Um, about this nomination meeting that's coming up with uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett, what would you expect is going to happen here? What do you see happening? Well, you're asking me a question in one of the most extraordinarily different years any one of us has ever lived through. Uh, and now we have the problem of the several members of the Judiciary Committee getting the virus and the question of how they're going to vote and can they do it virtually and all this. So I think the Republicans are determined to get this done mm -hmm. before the election, but how it's going to happen I think there are still a lot of questions. I think it's day by day they're trying to figure out how to do it. Uh, but I, uh, I think Mitch McConnell is an amazing man. And if anybody knows how to do it, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're looking to your your own sort of family history, if you will, as to what we think might happen. The the left has gone so crazy uh, that they're going to make this like, uh, you know, like a war as it was with your husband. Now, why did the left mobilize to destroy Judge Bork's character when, you know, they had voted unanimously at 98 to zero just a year earlier to confirm Justice Scalia. So what went on there? That's true. And also my husband's record was almost identical mm -hmm. to Justice Scalia. Uh, they had sat on the same Court of Appeals in Washington. So, uh, and also the White House who were managing Bob's uh, nomination, they really thought this was going to be a slam dunk, you know, and uh, immediately, as you recall, on July 1st, when President Reagan announced the nomination, 45 minutes later, Senator Kennedy was there saying, basically, that the country would never be the same if this man got on the court, you know, he would mm -hmm. destroy everybody's civil liberties. Uh, he would not allow abortion and uh, women would have to have back alley abortions. I mean, my husband was quite taken aback with this because mm -hmm. it didn't reflect any of his judicial philosophy. But uh, as it, what happened from that day and that week on was a tremendous campaign organized out of Senator Teddy Kennedy's office uh, to be sure that this nominee would not get on the court. First of all, he would change the balance on the court. It would be another conservative. Bob didn't like that terminology of calling judges liberal and conservative, but we do it. Um, and they also knew that he was known for his uh, juridical uh, intelligence and his ability to be very persuasive. So they were the, the left was very afraid that he would uh, uh, make a change to all the political uh, results that they wanted. And so the campaign started out of Kennedy's office 
that week and he gathered about 45 different organizations and their representatives and they planned out how they were going to first of all delay the hearings and they were delayed for two and a half months which hmm. was un very unusual usually it happens in in a, the hearings and the judiciary uh, committee meeting and the vote happens maybe a month oh. 40 days later but this was this was giving the left time to organize and create a tremendous sense of urgency about how awful it would be if this man got on the court. And of course, they were extremely successful. They had a massive fundraising campaign, which Bob describes in great detail in his uh, book, which he wrote afterward, called The Tempting of America. Hmm. But they raised lots of money, and they created a hysteria about how awful it would be if this man got on the court. And he used to, he, he had a great sense of humor. And he used to say, you know, isn't it extraordinary that they think that one man could really wreck the Bill of Rights um, and, and destroy the country? And uh, of course that was ridiculous, but they, uh, it was a drumbeat all summer. And the White House had never faced anything like this before. So, we would express our concerns and say, why aren't you answering a lot of these lies that are out there? Uh, and they said, oh, you're, you're just being nervous. You know, we, we've done this before. We know how to do it. Well, they had never experienced anything this organized before. Mm -hmm. So they were not prepared. They did not answer a lot of the accusations. And as you recall, uh, even now, not this year, but most summers, a lot of groups have their uh, conferences. And that was true in that summer. You had people for the American Way, uh, AFL-CIO, labor leaders got together, the NAACP had conferences, and it was all anti-Bork. Hmm. And, and getting people all roused up against it. So uh, I think this year with, uh, with Amy Coney Barrett, if the time is actually short, unless they've done a lot of homework you know, months before, they don't have a lot of time to do that kind of organizing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think that will be a good thing for the country because it tends to kind of tear people apart, I think, to We've got enough on our plate this year. So um, yeah. I hope that it goes along more smoothly. Absolutely, absolutely. When you mentioned about Teddy Kennedy, um, you know, the, the big Catholic who's actually uh, given a sadly Catholic funeral, uh, which I thought scandalous. I, I'm I'm amazed that your husband was able to keep his faith at all, given that in absolute insanity. This week we've had uh, Cardinal Dolan throw his support behind Amy Coney Barrett, uh, stating that uh, you know she takes her faith seriously. It's also been said, of course, and as you mentioned, um, you know. There's a documentary which uh, Robert Burke Jr. was uh, on Fox News about saying that uh, his confirmation hearing was the first time that all the modern activist tools and technology were marshaled against a Supreme Court nominee. So with all of that in mind, what role do you think the church played in the nomination of your husband? Um, not, not much at all. Hmm. Um, they, they Friends were supportive, and uh, but there was... Uh, you know, there wasn't any particular uh, thing that I recall. I do know that a lot of people wrote to us and said they were praying for us. Hmm. And uh, later on, when Bob used to give speeches, he'd say, 
we heard from every one of the states except Alaska, and I don't know what's wrong with Alaska. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that they were everyone else was praying for us. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's yeah. an incredible thing that the the silence of the church really there put puts a guilty sign on them and and let it please God not be so this time. And and while we you know hate to have to take the example from your own life from your husband. Um, let, let's pray that uh, that example plays out here and that, that the church will speak when she has to and not remain silent. Absolutely scandalous as I, it was. I, I do agree with you because uh, now this is 33 years later and there's more at stake because uh, the Supreme Court has taken several decisions out of the hands of the American people. For example, the abortion decision, it should never have been decided by the court. That is something for the American people in their state legislatures to decide. And so the problem now is that the left really sees the court as the place to get their political gains. And that is never the way the Supreme Court was intended. And Bob used to say, you know, um, uh, our republic, if you start to change the shape of the republic, uh, it can't withstand that. So yeah. if you make the court into something more political, this, this, is, uh, this is not good for our country. Absolutely. Now, in 1987, then-Senator Joe Biden was running for the president uh, in the Democratic primaries. But actually, more importantly at the time, he was the chairman of the Judiciary Committee. So what yes. was your impression of Senator Joe Biden at the time? And what do you think that experience with him tells the American people about his character? Well, he said before uh, Bob was nominated that if Bork came up, he would have to support him. And then once Bork was actually nominated, he immediately changed his mind and said he had to vote against him because he was completely under the control of Teddy Kennedy. Hmm. So I think I, I was not impressed with his knowledge of constitutional law. Not that I am not a lawyer, but my husband said he really, he really didn't know what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he has shown over the years to be somebody who just goes with whatever the popular political uh, truth is out there. And mm-hmm. that is not somebody that I think would make a good president. Absolutely. I wonder if you would have any advice for Amy Coney Barrett. Oh, um, well, we prayed a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember we used to, during the hearings, we would pray a psalm every morning. And I remember Bob really liked the end of Psalm 3, which is, I will break the teeth of the wicked. Hmm. <laughs> and he, he got a big kick out of that. But <laughs> I think uh, she is very well prepared. She knows her own mind. She knows her legal uh philosophy very well and um i'm sure she's been informed about some of the tactics of the left Mm -hmm. if she has some good advisors and they practice you know some of the questions that will be coming up so i think she seems to me to be a woman of great courage and just to remain calm and you know uh uh answer the questions and give her position and not of course she's not supposed to reveal how she would vote 
on any particular issue. And they will press hard on that because that's what they're interested in. They want mm -hmm. to know, does she have an agenda? And of course, if you're a Supreme Court justice, you really shouldn't have an agenda. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, uh, I think she'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, I guess for her family, um, you experience this firsthand. She's got a large family. She's got all those kids, her husband. Um, what would you suggest for them in terms of coping with what's coming up? Well, talking things over, you know, uh, explaining to the children what's happening in a way they can understand. The other thing that I had forgotten, but I remembered when I looked at my husband's book, we had a press watch outside our home for two and a half months. So every time you went out and left your house, there was somebody on a motorcycle or in a car with a camera ready to ask you a question or take pictures, and they'll probably do that again. So you just have to be ready for a, a, a difficult period and have the kids screw up their courage and get ready. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Any any parting for, words for us? Well, um, I'm delighted that you're thinking about this, and uh, I hope that um, those of us who believe in the Supreme Court and as as a body that should be uh, interpreting the law and not making it up, that we will have somebody who will do just that in Amy Coney Barrett. Amen. Thank you on behalf of the American people for what you suffered. And I pray that your suffering, that of your husband and your family, uh, might serve well here as uh, we all hope and pray for the nomination uh, for the successful uh, appointment of uh, Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. And thank you all for joining us on this episode of the John Henry Weston Show. May God bless you. Hello, this is John Henry Weston. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the John Henry Weston Show YouTube channel if you haven't already done so. There you will find all the past episodes and much more. Thanks again for watching, and may God bless you.